uh, entertain the crowd while I do this. Is that royalty-free music, Joel? Hello and welcome to the Legends of Loam. I am your host and game master, Jonathan Banner. Quick note, we had a slight audio glitch, but we caught it after only 30 minutes of recording. So we just restarted. Not a big deal, but if our heroes seem to know their way around this brand new town, well, that's the reason why. I'm Joel and I play Ma Brattle, the level 3 Great Old One Warlock. I'm Heather and I play Willow Lightsep, the level 3 Thief Rogue. Hi, I'm Matt. I play Barnabas Bulwark, the level 3 Devotion Paladin. The story so far. Our three heroes wake up to find themselves in a strange place. A series of trials to test their skills. They have no personal belongings with them. However, they are surrounded by pedestals filled with items of all sorts. After some brief examination and a few good skill checks, they seem to be magical items associated with the different deities of the realm. Willa grabs the first shiny object she can find, the Circlet of Milia, the god of civilization and family. Maud searches for a deity he knows and chooses the Bracelet of Acor, the god of the sea. Barnabas looks around for a weapon and finds the Hilt of Amuto, the deity of transformation magic. They work together to get through the trials, but eventually they find themselves in an arena where they must fight to the death, or poof, as people seem to disappear the second they drop unconscious. In the last few moments, Maud is able to get the upper hand with his magic and is the last man standing. They all wake up from this dream, holding on to the magical item that they had chosen. The next day, our heroes stumble across each other in the real world, in the city of Kingsland. Barnabas is in the service of Melia at the local temple. Will is transporting a large crate of suspicious origin across the continent. And Maud, well, Maud is looking for answers after a chance encounter with a creature of ancient origins. As they meet and discuss what happened, the High Priestess of Melia tells them the best place to find the answers is in Hightower, which is, you know, conveniently where both Maud and Willow were already headed. Our heroes set out, but along the way trouble finds them, and the crate Will is transporting is stolen, and they rush off to find the thieves. After a full two episodes of hijinks, they retrieve the box and discover what is inside. An unusual sword that seems impossibly sharp, and highly impractical to use. Seriously, it's got this swinging blade thing that makes it incredibly dangerous to anyone near it, including the wielder. Anyway. After they rush off into the night, they have finally made their way to Hightower, the capital of the human continent. And that is where we join them now. Okay, now we're recording again. <laughs> so, are me and Maud kind of going the same way for at least part of the journey? You guys left the shop and are walking towards the city. You are right at the city gates. The gates are open, and there are some guards there. People have kind of formed a line that they're walking past and they're just like keeping track of who's entering the city and whatnot, but they're not stopping anyone. If anyone has a big old cart or anything, they pull them to the side just to double check what's in the cart, but just people passing into the city, they don't stop. Cool. Do my best to look nondescript and uninteresting to stop. <laughs> Roll me a stealth check because you have a giant old box on your back. Not 20. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, no one stops you. I think they just kind of look over you as you walk <laughs> past. You're hiding behind me. Mm. Pretty much. 
Cool. That'll do. All right, you guys are in the city proper. So right in front of you is basically, there's a small courtyard area and then a set, giant set of steps to go up to the, the first tier of the city, more or less. Um, there are a few like crane elevator type things for the carts and whatnot so that it's not just pointless to bring a cart into this <laughs> courtyard and then have to carry stuff up. But that would get you up to the first tier. There are... Uh, some buildings down here on the ground level. So there's the walls, and then there's mainly like some very common. There are taverns here for the common people, if that makes sense. So these are the people that you know have five silver and just want the cheapest drink you can get. You notice a few taverns in there that look, especially right here at the gate, that look specifically designed to draw in adventurers or party members like that. In front of you are steps that look like they just lead their steps, and then there are more steps behind that and more steps behind that that look like they lead all the way up to the castle, which is directly in front of you, but a fair, fair distance away. So you walk up those steps to the first tier, which is where your tavern is. Yes, yes. All right, guys, this is my step. Um... If you want to go on up, I'm just going to make this delivery, and I will meet you on third tier, yes? Sure you're good by yourself? Yeah, I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. She does this all the time. Come on. Very well. Be careful up there. I'm mostly concerned about my party member, to be fair. That's sweet that you're worried about me. Yes. I worry about you too sometimes, Bob. Thank you. I actually think I want to do them first this time. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So, Willow wanders off and disappears into the crowd um and you two continue up mm -hmm. okay uh so you guys go up and at the second tier you've got uh like your blacksmiths and your fine arts crafters there are some jeweler jewelerers jewelers jewelers around here making stuff you see a few silversmiths and stuff like that around um there's also a fair number of actual just houses and markets and stuff like that a few people with like rickshaws kind of thing looking to just earn a buck moving people from one part of the city to another as you guys get up to the third tier this is a much nicer tier than either of the two that you passed or of the other of either of the two that you passed on your way up here you don't see anyone, like, any craftsmen making anything or anything like that. You do see shops and houses around here. And you see workers, like, working on people's yards or pulling some rickshaws or driving carriages. Uh, you also see a fairly large sign that kind of gives you directions around. There's one that points to the left oh, that tells you the university is just a little bit away. And if you look in that direction... You can kind of see a few towers grouped together that are probably the university. There's also one that points you to the right that the temples and altars and whatnot are about a quarter turn around to the right in the eastern quadrant. And time to split the party, right? Well, I think we can go to the temples together for now and study up with what we, all the stuff we need from Scientia's temple and then part ways from there. I've taken it upon myself to be the steward of Maud's soul, so I'm going to take him to church. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> that seems an appropriate reaction. 
All right, so you guys head off in that direction. The roads are nice and up, nicely kept. A lot of them are cobble or stone, fairly smooth. It's pleasant. There's a number of trees lining the streets and some flowers and stuff in bloom, or until they are until Maud passes by. Slowly move like to the middle of the street a little mm-hmm. bit more. There's a slight wilting from stuff, but not enough. It's not like you leave destruction in your wake. <laughs> That's good. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Give it a few levels. Eventually, you guys make your way around the city. Uh, you see another large staircase leading down, but there's not one corresponding going up on that side. As you approach the Temple Gardens, you see a... It's not like... It's not completely walled in or anything, but it's like there's a covered walkway that goes around all of the temples and everything. And in the center of that, in the courtyard, there's two large statues facing away from each other. Barnabas, you recognize these as the the typical humanly features given to Ekator and to Soul Temperest. There's also three buildings around there. One of them has all of the symbols for the deities of magic. One of them has symbols for all of the deities of nature. And I think there's like one other, there's a couple others grouped in there. But in the third one, you have most of the deities of civilized, like the civilized deities, if that makes sense. So you have like the, the deities of civilization. You have Milia in there. You have Scientia for knowledge, the gods of art and the gods of craft, along with a few others. I presume that's where you you guys go over to that one. Yeah, yeah. That seems like a beeline to okay. <clears throat> As you walk into this building, it looks a lot like like bank tellers. So there's like a little stall for every deity with their symbol above it, and there's an acolyte or a priest kind of there. As as you're watching, you see there's a curtain that they pull open and someone walks out and you can kind of see like a little altar behind it. In front of that, there's a little line of people waiting and as one person finishes in there, the next person goes in there and they close the curtains and it goes like that. Some people take a longer amount of time, some people take a short amount of time. It just kind of depends on the deity and presumably whatever it is they're asking for or thanking or whatever they're doing in there. The line for Scientia is currently empty, but the curtains are closed. Okay. Well, I guess we should get in line. All right. You guys get in line, and the acolyte kind of nods at you, but is standing there basically waiting for the person to finish. So is the acolyte a boy or a girl? It is a boy. He's probably about 14 or 15. Greetings there, brother, and I pull out my medallion. Leah. I would like to access uh, Sanjia whenever possible. I'm on some business from the church. Absolutely. You'll just need to wait your turn until uh, they are finished in there. Uh, specifically, I believe we were looking for the libraries. Oh, oh, um, in that case, you'll need to go speak to a person whose name I need to generate right now. And no, I'm not using that name. Uh, in that case, you will need to go. T- you will need to go talk to um, someone higher in the order. And he kind of looks off to one side, where you see 
there's like some tables set up and a few people are like doing paperwork on them and whatnot. These tables don't seem to be really assigned to any deity or whatnot, but he points you towards an, a fairly old halfling woman and says, if you'll go over there and talk to Vil Battlestone, she, uh, she can make that happen for you or at least uh, talk with you about that. All right, well, thank you. Well, I guess we should make our way over to them then. Mosey on over to Ville, and I, and I slowly approach, and I see she's kind of like deep in thought. I'll go, excuse me, sister, might I bother you for a moment? Oh, 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 oh yes. I kind of like bend down a little bit because I'm a giant person. <laughs> there are chair, other chairs at this table you guys could sit down at. She hasn't invited me to sit yet. Okay. May I take a seat? Oh, oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, like before he asked I was like slowly like starting to reach towards a chair and then he asked and I was like drew my hand away from the chair until I got permission I was like oh so you guys sit down she is working on some sort of paper she's got an ink she's got an inkwell and a quill there and several pages of parchment that she's working on so 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 what can I help you with Sister, my name is Barnabas, and this is my colleague, Maud. We are here, well, I am here on official Church of Malia business, and Maud is in my protection, concerned about him. I'm associated with, but not directly tied to the temple. Oh, I I see. What what, what can I help you with? We would like to access the libraries of Cyangia. We're doing some research. Oh, the, the libraries are... She takes a moment to gather her wits. The, the libraries are fairly reserved for members of the Temple of Scientia, as well as high-ranking priests and priestesses. Well, we were sent from uh, High Priestess Miriam. Oh, and how is she? Last I saw, she was doing fairly well. Oh, wonderful. I hate to ask this, but as it... I am a priestess of Scientia, and one of uh, her tenets is its proof. But do you have any proof that uh, she sent you? I'm pretty sure that she gave Maud like a letter of introduction or something. Mm. I'm pretty sure she gave you. Yeah, I'm pretty that sure letter. she would have given you anything. Oh, okay. Maud got a letter from his Woman. teacher yeah. for okay. the university here in Hightower. Could have sworn she given him one too. Anyways. I'll pull out that letter of introduction that I do have, mm-hmm. and I'll give it to her. Oh, yes. She takes a moment and, like, adjusts her glasses and reads through it fairly slowly, like, awkwardly slowly, before everything seems to be in order. Um, I presume you wish to, to go now? Yes, if you don't mind, I believe. Absolutely. Please, please follow me. And she'll shuffle all of her, she'll stand up, get all of her paper, put a stopper in her inkwell, gather all of her stuff up, (laughs) taking her time here. And then she will slowly hobble, not the door you guys came in, but uh, kind of like a side back door. And fairly slowly lead you guys down a path outside. You guys pass what look like dormitories for, for these acolytes and priests and whatnot till you reach a small building. And by small building, I literally mean, think of a pagoda with walls. So you guys approach this small building, and on one of the sides is the symbol for Scientia, which is more or less an open book with some gears coming out of it. 
And as she approaches, she pulls out a small stone from around her neck, and she pushes it more or less into... It's like you have an open book where the book binding is in the middle. It makes It's a perfect circle there. She pushes the circle of her stone into it, and you see a brief glow of light. And then the gears in the symbol itself start turning. And the entire building more or less rotates around till there's an opening in front of you. And then there is a staircase winding down. And she, she slowly hobbles down them, just expecting you guys to follow. Probably will then follow. Okay. As you guys walk in, the building starts to turn again and shuts. You guys are traveling down this spiral staircase. Again, it's fairly small. This spiral staircase and the thing at the top were about the size of just like a pagoda or I don't remember any other names for that. Things. Gazebo? A gazebo. Thank you. <laughs> you guys are fighting a gazebo. Uh, <laughs> the gazebo was a mimic. You have been swallowed by the gazebo. <laughs> and I think we'll cut back over to Willa while you guys descend into madness. I mean, descend into the library. Slowly, but surely. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've all been around someone who just walks very slowly. Deliberate. Yes. It's deliberate because she looks fairly fragile mm-hmm. and she doesn't want yeah. to fall. Yeah. There's also no railings in here. So uh, there's kind of just like an open... Well, it's not really. The steps go pretty much to the center. So it's not like you're going to fall through a hole all the way down. But you, if you tripped, you might just roll all the way down <laughs> these steps. Be pretty fast, at least. All right, Willa, you have disappeared into the crowd from Barnabas and Maud as you are looking for this meeting place. Okay, and since I still have my box on me, I'm going mm-hmm. to try to be as sneaky as possible. Um, Roll me a stealth. How badly can this go? That was a 15 plus 7. Okay. Yeah. You are very used to moving through crowds with all sizes of packages and not wanting to be seen. So you easily can squeeze through the crowd without really disturbing anyone and moving fairly quickly. But you have no idea where you're going. Okay. I'm going to just go ahead and ask some of the kids because they're probably are somewhere around here somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you get one to approach you? Well, I should still have some candies. Okay. And I've also got some cool slide of hand tricks I can pull out. Okay. You have acquired the attention of one child. Okay. Um, Add him to your inventory. No. Uh, <laughs> His mom might not like that very much. Nope. Yeah. Okay. There's a kid. Cool. Hey, um, so I was wondering, have you heard of a place called the Fox's Quiver? Persuasion and or excessive bribery. Excessive bribery mm. it is. Mm. Have a bag of candy. He takes all the rest of your candy and he's like, um Oh I'm I'm pretty sure it's over on the east side, but uh I don't I don't know where exactly. Okay. And he's gone before you could like take the candy back. Okay. Fair enough. I'll start heading that way. So you walk around the the southern quarter of this place. Uh, You reach another set of steps that go both up and down from where you are. Looking down, it looks like it goes, like there's some houses and whatnot leading all the way to the river uh, to the south. 
Okay, so I should theoretically be getting pretty, pretty close. close. Okay. You have now entered the eastern quadrant, which is where he said it was, but he didn't give you any specific. Okay. I'm going to take a look just to see if I can see where it is. Okay. If not, I'll start asking her. A 19 perception. Okay, yeah. You see a small sign that kind of points you. Like, it's kind of small and a little bit broken, but you investigate and you find kind of tucked away underneath the next level in a corridor of some shops and look like a few houses. There is the tavern, the fox's quiver, and there's some bright light coming out of the windows. Um, and when the door opens, when someone stumbles out, there's some bright light. You also hear a fairly rowdy crowd and loud music from in there. Good stuff. I am going to do my best to just kind of slip in there and not be super noticeable. Um, Stealth? Well, 16. 16. Okay. You're pretty stealthy through there. Hang on. Yep. <laughs> you kind of wait a second and slip in as someone is stumbling out. You, I mean, you don't even touch the door on your way in. Just stand back for a second, kind of survey the crowd, see if I see anyone who looks like it might be who I'm looking for. Okay. So there's a decent crowd in here, especially considering it's like two in the afternoon. There is a bard singing a very rowdy song with questionable lyrics, and the crowd is loving it and joining in on the choruses and whatnot. Uh, there's some beer sloshing around out of cups as they... Uh, as they sing and whatnot. Give me an insight check. 13. You've been around people like this and you know that if someone, if someone spills someone's beer at the wrong point or gets beer on someone, this crowd could easily break down into a fist fight. Just like a good old fashioned brawl, bar brawl, but still this is a really rowdy crowd. Other than that, around here, you see uh, you see a few waitresses, I guess is the best word, tending to a few people. And there is a, um, there is a woman of a decent age, but looking much more respectable than anyone else in here behind the bar, serving up the harder alcohol. Okay. Well, I'm going to go up to the counter and try to get her attention. It takes a second because she didn't even notice you walk into the room. Uh, okay. But eventually she comes over to you and goes, Oh, wait, sorry about that. I, I didn't see you come in. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I kind of fall below the general eye line of the uh, crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um, it must be a real pain sometimes. Yeah, it has its moments. And he goes, um, could I get an ale? Oh, absolutely. And I'll go ahead and pay a full gold for that. She sees the gold and then gets you like a full-size mug of ale. Well, thank you. Um, hey, happen to wonder, have you seen someone named Bray Dargan around here? I've got something for her. Uh, Bray? Uh, oh yeah, she, she comes in every once in a while. I don't see her here now. In fact, I don't think I've seen her in a couple days, but that, that usually means she's due to come, come about. Alright. And any idea where I might find her outside of here? Uh... I'm afraid I don't know. Uh, she always keeps up with her bar tap, so I haven't had to find her and uh, get money from her. Fair enough. Well, if you happen to see her, would you let her know that I'll be stopping by around noonish um, tomorrow? Absolutely. I've got a delivery that I know she's really eager to receive. 
Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm sure she'll, uh, she'll wait around, or at the very least, let me know where she'll be at that time. Sounds great. Thank you. Do you finish your ale? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then as you are headed out, she will finish your ale for you. <laughs> Fair enough. Give me... This is a really hard perception check. Okay. I'm probably going to fail it. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. But I will try it. I mean, this is a really hard... My perception stinks. 19? Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Like I said, this is a really hard <laughs> perception check. Which, when I listen back to this later, I won't know what I was having you look for. But... <laughs> you can everyone, just tell me. Everyone cover okay. their ears. Yeah. No. Oh. Can't make a note either because my notes are literally right here. Anyway, uh, so you leave the bar. I am going to go ahead and make my way back up. I saw a pair of a set of stairs fairly near here. Yes, right? yes. I'm just going to go ahead and take them up to the third okay. level. Okay. Roll me a stealth check. Nineteen. Okay. Uh, also, roll me a perception check with that. Not yeah. Okay. As you're leaving the tavern and leaving kind of this underground area, uh, you see a couple thugs looking like they're looking for someone to jump that you you easily spot because they're like on this side of boxes waiting for someone to walk into the alleyway that you are walking out of. You see them and like very easily like walk another way and sneak past them. Man, this is where I wish I had magic. So I could, like, do something super sneaky behind them and scare them. Nice. <laughs> but I don't. You didn't take that archetype. <laughs> All right, you make your way up to the second uh, tier. There's a lot of blacksmiths and people working. You see a number of carpenters working on stuff. Some of them are in, like, covered covered areas. You see a few actually inside buildings working, that kind of thing. And you continue up to the third tier? I will. The steps end right here. They don't continue going up, though you see houses and whatnot above you. There's a sign kind of pointing you towards a few different things, but it tells you that the temple area is to your right. Okay. And as you turn and look that way, you see it um, a little ways off. Well, you see two large statues. Cool. I am going to go ahead and head over that way then. Okay. You approach the covered uh, walkway that surrounds the building. Uh, you see the two statues of Cator and Sol Temperus, and the three buildings, one for the magics, one for the natures, and one for the intelligence stuff. You know what I mean. Yeah. So, yes. The other temple. The other temple. Cool. Um, I am going to find my way over to the place where, um, like, the temple for Melia and that area is. Mm-hmm. It's in the the other temple. Okay. And I'm going to actually stop in at, like, the little alcove or whatever for her. For Milia? And just take a moment to pray and make an offering. Him. Him. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't it yes. seem like it would be a woman? It does! We've literally had this conversation twice <laughs> before. <laughs> yes, that. That's why I know it's a him. <laughs> um, okay, there's, like, five people in line ahead of you. That's fine, I'll wait. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, you guys finally have been walking for a long, long time when eventually um, you start to see light and there's actually a railing on the outside that continues around, but there aren't walls anymore. So think of like there's a giant cavern or room or something with this spiral staircase just going straight down into it. And as you guys get out there enough and you start to see what 
this room is, it is a large library. There are shelves and shelves and shelves of books. She stops at that point, but the stairs continue below. They keep going down to what looks like another story or mm -hmm. two. Like I said, uh, the steps go all the way to the center, so there's not like a center point where you can look all the way down, but they at least go down a few more turns. I was like, uh, this is the library. Uh, what? How, how can I help you find what you need to find? Oh, well, I believe we were uh, searching for some of the sacred texts that contain uh, a history on a champion's test. Oh, oh, yes. Um, and she will slowly make her way through the aisles. <laughs> Might be faster to search on her own. You guys do see some acolytes and higher clergy member down there. Your higher clergy members and whatnot are reading some, while most of your acolytes are like, restocking books kind of stuff but some of them are also getting books and reading them and putting them back and stuff like that so there's probably i'd say about 15 people down here spread out um, and you saw most of them when you were higher up as you came down so she's walking willa you get to the front of the line and eventually get let into the curtained area there is a large marble altar and like a small collections box, more or less, to the side. It is not the main uh, thing when you first walk in. Um, Other than that, it is empty. That works. I'm going to just make a three-gold offering and just basically pray, hey, I'm here, I'm trying to do what you want me to and figure this out. Help me to figure out what on earth you want because I have no clue. Religion check. <laughs> that was a nat one, which I'm re-rolling for a six. Woo. Sure you don't want to keep the nat one? <laughs> <laughs> Might be better in the long run. Okay, you wait a second, you know, because you've gotten something before, at least a little bit, but nothing. Like, either there's enough noise coming from outside of this that it's just kind of like distracting, and you start to feel really awkward in there. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go now. Okay. You step out of the curtains, the acolyte holds them open for the next person to go in. They've really streamlined the process here, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Cool. Um, hey, hushed voice here. Um, you wouldn't have happened to have seen my companions. They should have come by earlier. Um, pretty distinctive. One's a giant minotaur, and the other one's a, um... Kind of prissy, magic person? Um, no. I haven't seen anyone like that in my line. Okay. They might have been stopping in one of the other lines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, uh, I'll uh, just... Sorry. around, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so helpful. I'll go down the line. And <laughs> wait in every line to yeah. talk to the person, just or like just bug all the acolytes. Okay. Sneaking by. Uh, Have you seen this person? <laughs> it's a stick figure with horns. <laughs> and a smaller stick figure next to it. With like glitter, like sparkles coming <laughs> it off. Is, it looks fabulous. <laughs> Eventually, you get to the uh, acolyte for Sayanchi, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I've seen them." <laughs> <laughs> it's like they went. They went over to talk to. Um, 
to to Priestessville. Um, and he looks over towards like where those tables are and everything. Is like, oh, I don't I don't see either of any of them. Um, sorry. Any idea where they might have gone, or like a place I could wait for them to come back? Uh, well, I mean, those tables and chairs are over there. I'm certain that you can wait over there. Um, did you guys mention the library to him? Yeah, yeah, we did. yeah, you did. We had asked him uh, where to go right. to the library, and he directed us to build. That's right. Uh, they talked about the library, but um, and he looks over at there again. I don't, I don't see any, any other. Um, oh, hang on. Someone comes out of the curtain, and he, you know, greets them and lets them go. And then there's no one in the line, so he opens the curtains all the way um, and turns back to you. Um, I don't see anyone over there, and I, I can't, I can't have, uh, abandon this post. Okay. If you want to go wait over at those tables and chairs, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Vil will be back as soon as possible. Okay, sounds great. I'm gonna go put my feet up. <laughs> in that's a temple. That's very respectable. <laughs> Not like literally, but just sit down and relax. Got your feet up after bothering all the acolytes. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I think there's. I think Fordham's in here also, and he's like the only one you didn't get to to bother. <laughs> I should probably feel bad about that, but I really don't. <laughs> All right, so you go and you sit down at the table. Are you doing anything while you're waiting? I am people watching. Okay, we'll come back to you. But remind okay. me, I want you. I will want you to do some insight checks just for some general people watching. Okay, if that makes sense. That does. Okay, you two. After what seems like an eternity or thirty feet. Now, you guys eventually come to, um, there's like a small alcove off to the side, built into the rock, and inside there is a small bookcase with maybe, maybe 20 books. And it's like, this is, uh, everything that references the, uh, Champion's Test, or, uh, some of the texts have been translated, the Champion's Arena. I see. Yes, is there, is there anything specific about it that I can, um, help you find? Any further information? Um, I would like to cross-reference the championship challenge uh, with the deities from Necromancy, Death, War, and Conquest. Uh, okay. <laughs> she goes over and starts pulling some books off, like like reading titles, like running her finger over the spines to read the titles, and she pulls out one book and like flips to the back of it. And, like, in the two last pages, there is, like, a brief notation. So she, she, she holds it out to you and summarizes the rest of the book for you. The, uh, the last recorded uh, champion's test to happen was in 1800 PS, which is post-shattering. But, you know, there's a whole time system and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's currently it was about... 1800. It's currently about, like, 2800? Twenty. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Because yeah. my notes it said it was about millennia ago for the last. Yes. Time. Yeah. Twenty eight hundred or somewhere closer to three thousand. Okay. Somewhere in there. Two hundred range. I've so. got it. I could pull it up. We would just have to, you know, you'd have to make up another song right now. Right. At that point in time, and you know, they gathered information over the next few hundred years and whatnot from that. But during that time. Like, after that, it is almost like the god of necromancy got significantly weaker. Hmm. Or acted a lot different. 
like the paragraph she points out to is almost like an afterthought side note about that. Hmm. Yeah, because that was something like when I did that divination with the Mudo, that was kind of something that like, he pointed me towards in particular. Mm. So. She just nods. I was like, wait, was was there another champion's test? And I like, I pull out my weird little sword and I say, hell yeah, sister. Do you really? I really do. I just facepalm. She looks at this hilt and then looks at you and is like, but but was there really another champion's test? <laughs> there was. I think she'll then look over at you. And, like, push her glasses up her nose. Pay him only so much mind. That you, she's not going to believe us if you don't corroborate the story. Well, what does she need to believe? That there was one. What good does that do? She can help us learn exactly what it is. So she's wandering over to a small, like, there's a small desk and whatnot, and she's pulling out her inkwell and papers. I'm going to um, activate... The sword to show her that it's the real deal. Okay. The real deal, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's like text about the magic items. 18, so it turns into a machete. <laughs> I'm right for the jungle. Uh, she just, like, she turns back around and sees you with a machete. She's like, oh, <laughs> the library. <laughs> In a library. You gotta look at it. It's she, not impressive right now, but you gotta look at it. She looks at it. 12. It turns to a whip. Ta-da! So remember, this thing, like, when it changes, looks like, like the silver medal from a Capri Sun ad. <laughs> so it's like, he's got a machete, and, like, he flicks it, and it's just, like, turns to liquid and is in the form of a whip. And solidifies um, to, like, a dull gray steel. Yes, a steel whip. Uh, and she just starts making notes. And it's like, you must, you must tell me everything. And she, like... Pats the chair next to her. Ma, this is literally why we came here. I'm, I'm, I just have already taken out a book and I'm reading through He's it. also a champion challenger person. He even won. At that, she stops writing and looks over at you. I'm just trying to ignore them, just awkwardly reading a book and turn my back to them you as hear, much as possible. You hear her chair scoot back. <laughs> and uh, I'm just like midterm. Mid page and eventually pause. you you feel like a tug on your shirt, like a very insistent tug on your shirt. <laughs> she she is a halfling, just so we remember. I thought she was a half elf. No halfling. Okay, I think that's what you, you said. It was halfling. Yeah. Okay. okay. I just I just wrote it down. Poorly. You have too many flowers in your ears. Anyway, um, can I can I help you? Did is is what the loud man says true? Did you the win? The loud man says many things. <laughs> but, but did you win? Um, uh, win what? <laughs> the champion. Did you win? Who did you win for? Um, well, usually when I win, I try and win for myself or my family. Um, yeah, those, those are the things that are meaningful to me is my family, so. Mod, I, and I point um, to my weapon. She <laughs> means the deity, Mod. Oh, that. So, so you feel <laughs> like... She's got a grip on your shirt, and she's just slowly pulling you down <laughs> to face just, level. I just slowly bending over. It's like, oh, that. Sure. Well, um, I guess I'll show my circlet or the bracelet. 
She'll, she'll grab your wrist. She's got a tight <laughs> grip on you. My hand just like starts S- turning a little bit yeah. wide. Yeah. And she pulls it very close and she looks it over uh, until she sees the symbol for Acor. At which point she lets go of both of your wrist and your shirt and hobbles back over to her desk and starts writing furiously. <laughs> she can write pretty fast. I like I go beside her and I say, well... He wouldn't have won if I didn't kill everyone first. <laughs> Put that down. <laughs> she's writing, she's just like, both of you should sit down. This will take a while. Can I at least read while you're writing? As long as you answer my questions. Okay. Okay. It is getting towards dinner time, and they have not come back. Okay. <laughs> you see several acolytes, like, change shifts. And the one for Scientia, he's walking past you and sees you there. He's like, oh, have, have they not come back yet? Yeah, no. Um, any idea where I might find, like, some food and a place to crash for the night while I'm waiting for them? Oh, um, I mean, there are several taverns around. Um, I, I would offer you shelter here, but I'm, I am only an acolyte, and, uh, they may not like me just inviting people to stay. Uh, but I could go go see if I could find someone. That would be great, or like somebody to track them down. I'm worried about them being gone so long. Let me let me see what I can find, uh, and he will leave you alone and go mm. off. Okay. So like she's writing, and you guys are describing what happens. I'm going to ass- I'm just going to assume that it's you say one thing, mm-hmm. you kind of correct it, and she chooses a middle point <laughs> to write down. <laughs> Eventually, uh, like, she reaches over and, like, tugs a rope from the wall. And a few moments later, there's an acolyte there. He's like, uh, bring us food. We will be here for a while. And he goes off. Joel, why don't you r- roll me a, um, not a history check because you're reading it. An intelligence or an insight. Mm, I'll take that sweet intelligence. Just a straight up intelligence check. One better than my inside, so I'm not very insightful. <laughs> Eleven. Eleven. So you've read like two or three books by this point, or skimmed them at the very least. So here is what you know. The first event that had champions that you know we could talk to and record to was around the year 1000 PS, or post-shattering. Uh, it's recorded as a series of trials with it ending in a fight to the death. In the months that followed, a sense of gloom and tension filled the air. Uh, Like, you could feel claustrophobic outside in a crowd of only about ten people. Uh, There is no recorded winner. They don't know who won that one. The next champion's trial was in 1800 PS. Most history books record this as the Grand Magical Storm. Waves of magical energy radiated from the South Pole. It was almost like magic was trying to destroy nature and vice versa. It's most known for the common occurrence of raining objects like socks and sewing needles and teapots and that sort of thing. It is unknown who won this trial, but we do know to the final two people. It got down to the champion of Voko, the god of conjuration magic, and the champion of Precorus, the goddess of protection. Uh, the Church of Sanctia sent an expedition to the south where these waves of magical energy were coming from, but they were unable to find the sources of the waves of magical energy. They did, however, find... An isolated storm that seemed to boil within itself. 
and all attempts to go through the storm failed, and they were just kicked back out, basically where they entered it from. You also find that there is a theory that the shattering of the moon, the, you know, the thing that kicks off the timeline of this world, which you can find conveniently at thelegendsofloam.com, uh, it is theorized that the Shattering is one of the trial events, but there were never any champions found for that trial. Some believe that the waves of magical energy that came off of that weren't so much a trial event as just the fact that all of that moonstone came raining down into the world and magical energy boiled off of it like that. Cool. I think that's a decent place to start. This is so... I remember where we end <laughs> off. Uh, we are ending with Barnabas and Maud down in the underground library with Ville Battlestone as she records their account of the Champions Test, or Champions Arena, as she has been calling it. And Willa is waiting for food, shelter, Anything? finding out where her friends are. Somebody? <laughs> Probably should have mentioned this lady that we had a third... Champion. Well, you guys didn't think about it. Oh, well. You're missing all that helpful information I could give. Oh, that does. Are you guys telling her about some of the other people you guys come across? I'm I'm telling her everything I can remember. I'm sure I mentioned Willow. The question is, do you actually remember? Oh, yeah, she's with us. I would have mentioned it, I believe. I'm I'm kind of mentioning as much as I have to. Even or odd? Even. That is a nine. Sorry, fam. It's all good. I'll just wait up here. <laughs> will Willa be able to rejoin the boys? And will we ever see that gang that stole the crate again? And will our heroes ever find out what caused this champion's trial? Find out answers to this and more next time on The Legends of Lowe. I hope you enjoyed episode 10 of The Legends of Loam. As always, you can find maps, timelines, and other world-building things at our website, thelegendsofloam.com. We are The Legends of Loam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can email us at thelegendsofloam at gmail.com. Or you can find all those links and more at thelegendsofloam.com. And hey, thank you for listening. That way we get like a uh, nice recap as you're going along. Yeah, mm-hmm. layer. What just happened? It's like we're a bean dip. <laughs> <laughs>